Hey, everybody. It is Sunday, May 17th. This is the Cheap Flight Podcast. I'm LP, and I am with my pal Rai Rai, or known in Zencaster as Just Me. Just Me. So, Just Me, how are you doing? That's how, that's how I'm <laughs> feeling today. Just Me. Just me. Me me in the world. I don't know. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing all right. I'm uh, awake and uh, just enjoying uh, conversing. It's all good. Making plans. So just, you got to tell me, did you have, did you name any of your children spare or uh, <laughs> don't you... Don't you forget yeah, those, about those are, those are the potentially <laughs> nicknames that uh, we were talking about. But at the end of the day, well, you know that story, right? My son was going to be Adam Clayton. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know he, if I knew that. If I did, I've forgotten. He's, Sorry. He had it all all set. Uh, my firstborn son was going to be Adam Clayton. And uh, unfortunately, a month before his birth, uh, the Mission Impossible 2 movie, or maybe it's even the first one, came out and the soundtrack uh, on the commercial it just said soundtrack by Adam Clayton and and uh, Larry Mullen Jr. And uh, his mom went, uh, who's Adam Clayton? And I went, oh, I was so close. I was so close. I almost had a kid in Adam Clayton. Which, you know, in <laughs> retrospect, when I looked at him when he was born, he didn't look like an Adam Clayton. So he looked like a Joe. So that's that's the name we went with. But, uh, yeah, he was really close to, you know, that's how much of a YouTube fan I am. I was so close. If I had just turned off so the TV close. before yeah. the end of that commercial. It could have been. Now we've learned our lesson, have we not? Yes. Keep the TV <laughs> off. Keep keep the TV off uh, before your children are born. Exacts. Exacts. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. See, I was going to name Shay Tommy Boy, but when we were in the hospital early because, uh, you know, premature kicking and such, right. uh, Tommy Boy was on the on the telly, so no go on the Tommy Boy show. <laughs> Tommy Boy <laughs> records or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Holy shnikey. <laughs> Oops. Son of a. <laughs> I, I almost. That's going to leave a mark. I almost had that. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, he, he really didn't look like an Adam Clayton, but I thought it would have been a cool name. And then he would have changed it legally later. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. To Joe. <laughs> to Joe. Exactly. Exactly. So. All right. Well, Rai Rai, um, you and I were talking before this was rolling. Of course, this is the uh, the ever-present issue or challenge for you and I, which is to finish the story of how we met, um, <laughs> to stay on which will once again be put on hold. And the, the hilarious thing about all of this is probably, what was it, five, six weeks ago, we spent 45 minutes tracking yes, we did. Um, that very story. Yeah. And that was when, that was the last time I, I, I recorded this podcast using Anchor's uh, in-app, um, you know, join with friends function because it's great. It's a great function. It's easy to use, but unfortunately when there's audio drift, um, by the end of about a 20, 30, 40 minute conversation, you're kind of talking all over each other and it doesn't line up. So we decided, you know, the, the audio is just not, it's, it's, it's too, um, it, 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 it was too distracting to post and, and be of any value to anybody. So we, we said, let's do this again the next week. And then we got onto a different topic and then we said, let's do this again <laughs> and then we the did next our- week. And then we said, let's start at the very scratch. Like, let's talk about Ryan first. And then let's talk about how Ryan met Jeff. And then let's talk about how Ryan right. met Derek. And then it was supposed to be how Ryan met LP. And then last week we got distracted again because the topic of the day just, or of the moment took, took over, which I love because, yeah. uh, I think of early nineties music. 
I, I, I can think of a, a number of, of my friends throughout my, my years, um, but few are better conversationalists, Ryan, than you. So uh, oh, when we you. get onto a thing, it's like, let's just go with that. Let's just let's do go that. With it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's the best way to catch up. Hey, people out there, you know, you want to catch up with friends, just start a podcast. And, and actually what we're, what we're actually doing is stringing you along as fans. You, you thought you were going to tune in today to hear the story of how we met, but we're going to have to postpone that till next week. Yeah. <laughs> tune well, in next week tune. when we talk about <laughs> the bin. <laughs> this, this week it's the business. We're, we're, it's like know. a sit or not a sitcom, but a, a, a soap opera. It's just like a soap opera that, you know, the, it never, it never solves. The story is never solved. <laughs> who shot JR? Who, who shot JR? I don't know, but let's talk about fans today. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we're going. That's so, where we're going. Yeah. That's where we're going. Uh, so we have been steadily working on um, a, a follow-up record to Lemonade, which came out November 5th, 1995. And we plan to uh, drop this new record on November 3rd because it's a Tuesday and we still want to go with the um the new music tuesday model even though what is what does that even wow. mean in this day of streaming um but that happens to also be the election day the big election day here in america so we're steadily at work in the background um we've put together tracks that and jeff our, our plan is actually to replace the election day uh, yeah yeah the, the new news about the new leader dogs project is going to be bigger than than that, some by-election that's happening on the same day, right? Yeah. yeah. Instead of instead of showing maps of red and blue states, it'll just be like I don't know, maybe all it'll yellow, yellow, yellow and black states. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. But I'm glad we're recording this because uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna go with yellow. Which which states are going yellow? Which states are going black? I don't know. That's it's amazing. That's a, I love that. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're we're working on the tracks. We've got sketches to I don't know ten or twelve songs. Um, we've started really developing three or four of them now. Yep. Um, Jeff's been working on some of his tracks. Uh, Derek is starting to put scratch vocals in. And, um, and there's a real and we're starting a real, to hear there's a real energy to you guys collaborating right now. I mean, there always has been, but even more so right now. There's an urgency to it. And, uh, and you guys are firing tracks back and forth, you know, almost daily and in, in different ideas and different sketches. Like it's, it's, it's exciting to be a part of. Yeah. And, and, and you know, what's funny is if you go back and listen to season two, episode one of this podcast, because, um, that's, we, we started to call it season two because it kind of marked a, a, a mm -hmm. shift or a pivot for us because we were calling ourselves bang up state to start working on this leader dogs record. So season two really has is basically all leader dogs. And with season two, episode one, the whole question was to LDB right. or not to LDB, because we we originally talked in 2017 about doing a 25 year um, follow up. And then we just said, you know, let's uh, I, I can't even remember how the conversation went, but we finally just just decided, nah, let's just do something new, do yep. a new thing and mm -hmm. move forward. And, and then if you go back and listen, we won't recap all this, but if you go back and listen, you'll hear that conversation, why we decided to go ahead and go for this. And the, the cool thing is, is, um, I have since found out about a number of bands that are doing albums either 20 or 25 years later. Yeah. And 
and like you said, we're just having fun. I mean, it's just been a blast and I think it has, you know, lit us with a, a new fire. Um, the bang up state's been a lot of fun, but, um, I think because everybody mm-hmm. in this group has a connection to leader dogs, of course, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just a Bank of state has energy. its own life and its own story and its own, all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, the, the very idea that 25 years later that the three of you and the four of us are back in a room and back in, you know, in, virtually in a room, but uh, having conversations about this uh, is, is exciting. And, and it says something for the longevity of, of a project. For sure, because there's, there's lots of records I listen yeah. to in 95, 96 that I don't ever want to hear again. Uh, <laughs> but there's a, a very, a very minute handful of albums that came out in that, in that, like that kind of very special time where it's like I throw it on and I go, nope, this still holds up. That one still holds up. Like there's, there's, there's projects that are that came out in that particular yeah. time, uh, and and we were part of something cool, and then you had a cornerstone show. And I think the the combination of those two things uh, really have given given leave to or the idea that there's still people out there that are that are excited about leader dogs regrouping and talking 25 years later. Yeah, which I find extremely exciting. Which is a good segue. Let's get to that here in just a second. But I, I do have a comment on what you just said. It's it one thing that comes to mind, which is fascinating to me, is there are probably more years between 95 or 96, say, um, or 97, really early, I think when we stopped touring, mm-hmm. um, and, and now 2020, there's probably, there are more years when none of us connected. Right. Like I might've, I think I connected with Jeff maybe two, maybe three times in that span, Derek two or three times as well. I remember you and I, you and I probably connected more than I did with those two. Right. Yeah, I believe so. There was, there was um, always a steady, had, a steady stream or I'd call every couple, you know, two years or I remember coming down to Illinois and hanging out a couple of times and, and just did the cornerstone thing. And yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, uh, anyway, all that to say though, that for us to all of a sudden be back together and then fascinating to me that, you know, you, We've always kind of had this open invitation for you, but you've you've been busy, steady doing Ryan and 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 co things, and then all of a sudden you launched this crazy like montage video of Leader Dogs back in January, <laughs> yeah. right when we were like right when we had just started the conversation of do we do this or not, right. and then it was like Ryan, we need you get in get in this boat with us, <laughs> and it's so funny because I hadn't I hadn't listened to season two at all. So I just found that in the hard drive and I went, I can't believe I haven't put this out there. And then I put it out and, and let, let you guys see uh, that footage. And that really, really coincided with season two of uh, Cheap Flight, which was awesome. Yeah. Like uh, about eight weeks ago, you uh, had a snifter of, of rye, rye bourbon and yeah. and caught up on all of our podcasts. And then it was like, game on. Let's get this going. Let's so this going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, like I said, it's the energy level and it's the excitement of wanting to continue the conversation that we weren't feeling, say, five years ago or three years ago. But this year, just something sparked in all of us. Yeah, it's it's working. And of course, even when we made this decision, who would have, you know, even known that the pandemic was going to hit with the funny thing about that is. I wrote a song that was supposed to be for Bang Up State two years ago and right. called it Restless. 
Right. Yeah. And now we find us ourselves in this global situation where that word restless has never been probably more used no, <laughs> in no, the day-to-day no. conversation. Exactly. And uh, it's so, you know, the timing there is fascinating too. But anyway, um, all this has really just started to coalesce as, you know, very organically. And, and, and that's been a lot of fun. So it, it's, it's, it's good. It feels right. We're moving forward. Um, it finds it finds each of us in our individual four different lives of having enough space to make something like this happen. Yeah, so yeah. that's what we're that's what we're all about. So anyway, why don't you explain, right? Um, you know, we've had a flurry of texts this morning amongst Derek, Jeff, yourself, and I, um, just kind of like giving us kind of a, a a look or a window into some of the folks out there who might be interested in this follow-up? Well, it's interesting. I've always had a, you know, kind of an alert whenever somebody posts something about leader dogs and it comes up in my Facebook feed. It comes up in my searches and that kind of stuff. Cause I, I always, there's, there was such a undercurrent of fans that really had an affinity for the lemonade record and not only just liked it, but really, you know, were enthusiastic about it, really got excited about it anytime they listened to a track or they threw on, you know, better ways, they threw on super saturated and they would go on about it. And it, and, and uh, I I would always, whenever those things would come up, I would chime in, you know, and, and somebody would post something online and I'd say, hey, this is what's going on. Here's what they're doing now. Or here's some photos from the, the era. Here's some photos from Cornerstone and that kind of stuff. I always, you know, I have spent and over the last several years digitizing a lot of information that I had and then, you know, normally getting rid of the originals because I've got a digital copy and I've saved it. So I've got this archive in every computer that I've had over the last 10 years where the, the files just keep moving from computer to computer. Uh, so that I always have access to those images, those the recordings and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I, I, my, I've seen it as my job to kind of curate and keep people informed as to, hey, here's what here's what Lyndon's doing now. Here's a link to his uh, solo stuff uh, for people that are out there that are asking. And what I did today was I did kind of a, a dive again to see comments that people had. And I always like the fact that the comments that are made are not surface, right? It's not, oh, that was, that was all right. Oh, that was a good album. I'd like every time I see somebody comment, it's, it's with a passion like man i was at that cornerstone show i you know i was part of that show i got some free lemonade yeah. or i you know i listened to this record at this particular time in my life and it really got me through a difficult time all those kind of things uh like you said when we, when music when you guys write music you put it out there and you don't know where it's going right you have no way of of knowing how it who is going to reach how people are going to react to it and then you can see years later that people really dug into the lyrics, right. Or dug into the sound or dug into whatever. And it meant something to them uh, in the same way that you and I, we, it kind of follows from our conversation last week, the bands that made an impact in our lives that, you know, the, when King's X was the band that got me to go to a bar to see a show, which it wasn't yeah. uh, my normal routine. All those, all those kind of things is that the ability for music to have that kind of impact yeah. or to make us think or to challenge us or a song like Martin's dream that I still appreciate the perspective you had on that. And that was 25 years ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, for sure. So, and it sickens me that we're 25 of, years later and it does, it not only sometimes does it not feel better, it feels worse. But anyway, sure. that's yeah. a probably, we'll do it. That's a whole podcast. Oh. That's, a, that's a whole series of podcasts right there. <laughs> uh, 
And I, yeah, yeah, something I get fired up about, but, um, but, but I see, but I've seen people, people have visceral reactions to, to that recording and to that experience and, you know, combining it with a, a really cool, magical place like Cornerstone that really felt like home. Whenever I, whenever I got on the grounds at Cornerstone Festival, I was like, okay, I'm home. I'm here. Like, this, yeah. is good. this is good. And I would forget what the feeling was until I actually got back and, and was there and kind of witnessed and experienced that whole thing. And to have leader dogs be a part of that in my history is a, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, I, 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 I feel the same. Like I feel the same as you just how you feel about leader dogs and, and all of these people who will call fans because that's what they are. But I, I, I I was experiencing all of this with everyone. You know, the you said earlier you can't really imagine um, the impact it's going to have on the listeners. I couldn't imagine anything because this was our the very first full record mm-hmm. I had ever been a, involved with. So we're writing these songs, and I I can't in my head think, okay, I can see you know fans in Germany listening to this and, and reacting like this because I can't even. I can't even see right. fans. Yeah. Like I, like we weren't even a band. We weren't playing right. live. We didn't have a following. Uh, you know, so I'm writing these lyrics in a vacuum and the, the melodies and just trying to, I just wanted a cool project to sink our teeth into and, and be like, this is going to be cool. But we didn't even have any plans to support right. it live. We just were, we're going to put out a recording and then that was going to be it. Like, done with, you know, done yeah. with that onto the next thing. Um, but I remember, you know, we had a, an email address on the jacket and we got email from like, like literally got an email from somebody from Germany hmm. who was talking about the record. And this was probably two, three months into, you know, the release. So this would have been 96. Um, and then, you know, just hearing that. And, and, and then by the way, having ma- magazines get a hold of us and say, Hey, we'd like to interview you. Yeah. Um, it just, we, I, it was a, a bit of a whirlwind. I, I can't even have imagined that it, it would have happened the way it did. So in, in a lot of ways, I feel that same fandom energy about leader dogs, even though I was uh, a part of, a part of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so crazy. Um, so it, yeah, crazy. And, and, and it was a good time. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about that era. It was a good time uh, for rock and roll and the things were shifting, especially in the Christian industry. Um, but they were especially shifting on, on regular radio and who knew, you know, just three, four or five years later, the whole independent movement was going to start and CDs were going to start fading. And right. I mean, you could have not convinced us of that, you know, then. No, that was never going to happen. Yeah. And, and in the same way that I could not have fathomed that we would receive an email from Germany. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I could, you could, you could never, and I could not have imagined without some sort of heavy hallucinogenic drug that in 25 years we would sit down and on our, these magical devices that we hold in our hands, look at all these uh, comments from fans who, (laughs) you know, are using this, magical <laughs> technology to post their feelings about a record we did 25 years ago. And, you know, we, we didn't know anything about, I mean, we, there were cell phones, but we didn't think it was going to be smartphones no. and we didn't know anything about social media. 
we none of none of this and all of it's here now and um it's impacting actually these comments and uh this fan energy has impacted our decision to move forward with this uh i i explained this in the first episode but it's worth repeating the whole reason we actually had the conversation in the first place was i don't know who i think it might have been derek found that somebody over on the east coast was yeah, reviewing um albums you know from that era and they reviewed um you know lemonade and so like the very next time we were going to get together well actually we hadn't been getting together and podcasting and i said hey let's let's rather than talk about this via text let's just get on anchor and let's talk about this together and then we'll post it as a podcast and that yeah. birthed season two and it was a fan who caused that conversation to happen because we we otherwise might not have it launched the uh, pivoted and headed down this direction. So the, the, the fans are still speaking and that's a beautiful thing. So let's pause here for a second, Ryan. And when we come back, we will talk about what even some of our early ideas of what we'll do with these, uh, these comments and with these, these fans. Um, but let's just take a quick break. I'm back with Rai Rai. Hey. And you know what? No, it's yeah, interesting. Go ahead. No, no, what's interesting is that the idea that um I've I've had conversations over the last couple of weeks and certainly over the last several years with artists that were signed to labels and the disappointment that almost inevitably comes from realizing that you may not be a priority, that even though you've put a year or more into this particular project, that uh, there's still going to be a bean counter at the top that's going to go, well, it didn't take in the first six weeks, so we're going to move on to the mm -hmm, next project. Mm -hmm. And maybe that will be our cash cow because we kind of were hoping you would be our cash cow. And that if there's a narrative of friends that I've known that have had label issues and disappointments, I've, I have very few friends, and maybe, maybe it's the crowd that I'm hanging with, that have had really good label experiences. You know, like the idea that we put out this record and the record was really good and then the label got behind it and they pushed it really hard. You know, um, like one of the key yeah. stories of that was the 77s. They signed a, a distribution deal with Island or some. I don't even think I think it was more than a distribution deal, but to be honest. And the 70 and the Island was like, we're going to take you to the next level. You are the band and we're going to do this. And they happened to have an album called The Joshua Tree that came out the same like within mm, the same month, heard of that. And the entire, the entire, the entire promotion staff went on tour with uh, the Joshua Tree tour and left the seventy seventh record and Charlie Peacock to kind of die. Uh, and that's you know those those are the stories that I hear uh, uh, certainly at, at that level, but also at very you know lower levels of indie indie labels that do the same thing. And so what I the, where I was going with this was. I've heard those stories of where the label drops the ball completely. And in our situation, the label died. Yeah. <laughs> the album, the album came out in November. The label was, was a, a memory yeah. in December. Uh, so the best, the best thing that happened is they actually got it out into stores. But when you're saying that you're hearing from Germany, you're hearing from different things, it's almost an anomaly that that could have even happened because the label had died and wasn't doing anything to push anything. Yeah. You know, For sure. Which which shows you the power of, of music, the ability to transcend bad deals. 
Yeah, you know the the thing is, um, it's such a great that's such a great point, and I, I, I'm flooded with thoughts right now because, um, okay, so the label slash artist relationship is is really failed to start right. Anyway, it's failed at the start. And and here's here's why. Um, if you go back 100 years, uh, you're probably going to have to go back 110, 120 years now. Mm-hmm. But musicians didn't record. Right. Yep. If you were a musician and you were making it, you were doing actually what you have to do today, which is you have to have enough of a great set to go play out in front of people. And then you got to move on to the next city. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's interesting that we basically have gone full circle because putting out music and here's the interesting thing is, you know, really music should be free. Is it a thing to be owned? Like this is a whole other conversation, you know, a whole podcast episode, but you have in, you, in order for the label slash artist relationship to work, you've got people who are business types. Mm-hmm. And then you have artists and you, the artist needs the business guy or gal and the business guy or gal needs the artist to, right. in order for this relationship to work. Yeah. The, the difference though, is that the business is going to treat the artist like product yep. as you would almost guess that they should, I right. guess. Um, but it, that is so like, not like, the like, way. Like, like furniture. Yeah. Because here's the thing in business, if you get really good at a thing, you keep moving up the chain, right? <laughs> right. You become yeah. Yeah. like a, a manager and then a CEO or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. In art, you don't want you don't want to become a manager. You want to keep making better art, right? Yeah. So, like, I nobody wants to to quit. If if like imagine Aerosmith thirty years ago saying, you know what, we're on top of our game. We should become managers, right? Yeah. That's what you do in the business world. Yeah. That's not what you do in the art world, though. In the art world, you're like. I want to be even more of an artist now. I want to be, you know, even more separated. So you, you have this relationship, which is again, failed at the start and it's really not either side's fault. But the problem is if you don't understand the jargon and the lingo, i.e. the artist, Mm -hmm. you can absolutely be taken advantage of. And the, the label thinks that they're doing you this big favor in this service, which, you know, granted they are, they're, putting tons of money behind you so that you can make a product that they can then market and sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is the, the, honestly, the second it becomes business-like and decisions are being made based on bean counters, as you just mentioned, then it's just not, it, it just doesn't work because some of, of the best records, I mean, I think King's X, if they were independent back in the late eighties, early nineties would have been a different story, sure. but instead they were on a label and so they had to, you know, fight for attention and they were not a band that was easy to place into a column. Like not, they not sound like this. They sound like this. Not. No, they sound yeah. like, right, exactly. Yeah. And because of that, uh, the, the, the business almost doesn't know how to market them. Um, meanwhile, King's X is like steadily growing their own fan base. But imagine if they had, imagine if King's X had social media right. and an independent you know, like they were able to have an independent record out um, it, then. I mean, I know that they do now, but I'm just saying if they were able to do that then, mm-hmm, yeah, 
it, it, it would have been a different story. Yeah. Same thing with um, Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Like if Radiohead's first record was independent, they you probably wouldn't know who Radiohead right. is. But they suffered it through, you know, uh, however many records with a label. And then they had this name that was so behemoth that they could put out their own album and, and say, pay what you want. And they are successful artists because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I think the best of, uh, of label deals are not great deals because it's, it's where corporate America or corporations meet, art and those two things really don't belong in the same room. And, uh, when, when music became productized, just like America does to everything and, and basically screws everything up. But when music became productized, I, you know, I was just thinking about this this week, Ryan, because I was, I've somehow I got onto watching videos of like ice cube getting, um, Mm -hmm. uh, interviewed. Um, and so all of a sudden I was like, oh man, I haven't right. listened to Ice Cube in a long time. I didn't even know right. that he started yeah. this thing called the Big Three. So anyway, I'm going deep into Ice Cube this week. And it got me thinking about in my the early 80s, I was so into hip hop. I was, I, you couldn't right. get me to listen to anything but Run DMC, Houdini, mm-hmm. LL, and so on. And... And then America productized hip hop and productized right. breakdancing. Yeah. And then everybody who wanted, who launched that organically on the East coast was like, ah, peace out. Or, you know, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Sure. And then it has come back very strongly and organically and it's here to stay. But I'm just saying like breakdancing in particular, but even some of the early hip hop culture, like Kmart had to put out a best of breakdance, you know, CD. Yeah. And, and it was just How like, can we sell this quickly? You can't. Yeah. So I, I, I like the fact that streaming has come along and it has caused artists. To, a, a lot of artists was, were like, Oh no, what's going to happen. I think it's the best thing for artistry in, in, a hundred years because the label relationship, uh, it, it only works for that top yeah. ilk. Yep. I mean, like the U2s, which I'm glad it's working for them, but the rest of us, need to be independent of that so that we can make, if we, if we want to market the same song for a year, then why, why not? Right. See, but in the, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep on. I was just going to say, if, if, if we were, here's the thing, lemonade. Mm -hmm. If, if, if REX was around, they still would not have pushed a single out for us uh, for more than say three, four weeks. Because they were rolling out, you know, 30 artists a year and had yeah. no mark, had Instead, no market plan for any of them. Really? Just exactly. Instead played. you come along, which we've never gotten to the story of how we met. So people will just have to take our word for it here, yeah, that's true. but you, <laughs> you come along and then we said, let's, let's work together. And we created our own releases. We put together packages to send out to radio with lemonade in it and stickers and the CD and said, please play ripple and then ripple charted. And then, you know, super saturated charted. And it was like, we were just, we were independent before we knew what independent we bypassed and we only bypassed the label and made our own relationships with the radio stations at the time. Because, because we had to, and, 
And we, I don't think we were complaining about it. Um, arguably, we didn't get, get hardly any budget for that record, and then we didn't get any marketing. Um, so for it to become what it did become was largely because we had yourself in particular and then some help to just make calls, make arrangements, do logistics. I remember we had a good friend of, um, you know, and Shanna's mom was like taking calls and returning emails and setting up shows. And I mean, so we had people who believed in what we were doing and ourselves who just said, Hey, we'll just make this work, whatever. I, you know, the thing is, is I didn't, I had never been with a label, so I didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. So we just, Right. right, right. <laughs> so, well, you know, the most the most valuable lesson I learned from the Leader Dogs days that I used, I still do. Oh yeah, but that I used was my line was what What can a label do for us that we can't do ourselves? Yeah, and I would every time I sat down with an artist, I would say, "You got to answer this question." Yeah, what, you you want you want a label, you want that, you want them to validate you, you want them to so you can say, "I signed with such and such." But I said, what can you, what, what can a label do for you that you're, you're not already doing yourselves? Because video certainly changed. Uh, I worked with the, I still do work with a guy named Gavin Michael Booth, who would take video on a shoestring and next to nothing and create a music video that when YouTube was starting to really boom, you know, cause in the interim years, MTV was not playing music and not playing music videos. And there was a good 10 year stretch where music video a was crazy to do because it was so expensive. And B, where are we going to play it anyway? Because MTV's bailed. And then YouTube comes along in the late, you know, aughts. And all of a sudden, I'm working with this video producer here, and he's shooting music videos, and he's doing them in a day or two. And yeah. he's doing amazing looking videos, amazing, you know, as long as it was creative, it was it was standing out. And he was doing it for next to nothing. So, you know, you, yeah. you, you go from the extreme of, you know, uh, Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson's Scream being a $2 million video to shooting a video for less than 500 bucks. And, and then, and and now the channel is open, you just put it out there and then you see what happens. So that was, those are the kind of things is like, you don't need a label to make a video for you. So that goes out the window. What else do you need? Yeah, it's a great point. It's valid. And you know, that just calls to mind too, the fact that a lot of labels won't even take you seriously until you can come to them and say, look, we have uh, a thousand followers on YouTube, we have 20,000 followers on Instagram. We have this many songs published and look at how many plays we have on SoundCloud. And then when the smart artists will just keep that momentum going, even if they do get signed. Um, But I also think what happens in that process for the artist while they're trying to bone up enough to, to go to a label, they're, they're also simultaneously realizing, Hey, we can do this because we're doing it now. (laughs) Um, You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And our fan and our fans will support us. They'll they'll kickstart our program or kickstart our project. They'll uh, contribute. They'll go through uh, uh, Patreon and and sign up Patreon and sign up uh, to support their artists because they believe in the music and they believe in the artist. So right, and those are things that those are things you didn't you didn't have twenty five years ago. Exactly, exactly. That's what, and and that's why you have in my mind, you know, the the makers of those platforms like Patreon in particular, they have to be artists because they know what yeah. they need um, and how to, or at least they're very heavily um, informed by artists. But so that's a great segue and, and something that we can wrap on. And then we can talk all um, a little bit more about details next week because 
this is also new. This conversation is very fresh for us. I was just texting you today after you sent us like screenshots of um, some of the fans' comments about Lemonade. And right. and you were like, how can we, you know, connect with these fans and and let them be a part of what we're doing, uh, which we all want to do. And then that's when I thought, you know, the, the this is ideal for Patreon because we don't have a ton of expenses because we record using the gear that we have in our own homes. Mm-hmm. But when we do go to uh, just before publish, we're, we two things that are potentially major um, expenses because we're not going to likely we're not going to manufacture at mass. So the biggest expense potentially would be that we would um, have, you know, uh, somebody uh, with industry experience mix the record. That would be probably the biggest bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now we can mix our own because, and we've proven that and I, you know, we'd be glad to, but it's also good to have somebody who that's, what they do for a living right. to do it. Yeah. And then even if we do mix, which again is, I would say 80% chance we're going to, then it's still a good idea to go to a mastering house to master. And that would be our second biggest expense. Right. Um, and, and a worthwhile one at that. Absolutely. And then a third expense, which we've actually just talked about on the last episode is we have the potential of having, you know, talent sit in and play, um, on certain tracks, which is very attractive to us because it gives us, um, a color on our canvas that we would not have thought of our, right. on our own. And people, people come in with their own experience and, you know, entire songs have been dynamically changed, um, because somebody came in and said, what if we tried these seven notes <laughs> and it's like, right. Oh yeah. my yeah. gosh, this is, you know, it's transformed it. So to have something, Along those lines, like a bisonette brother, jump in and say, How, "What if I put my touches on here?" Um, right. Yeah. So we are considering all these things, um, and but and even though we all have jobs where we don't have a lot to put into this project, we could do all of this pretty f- close to free, as we've been mentioning. But wouldn't it be interesting if we had um, if we th- threw up just enough of a community to? Um, to garner enough support to get these uh, pot- things that potentially shape what this record is going to sound like, including right. um, studio musicians on a few cuts, including, you know, maybe having at least our top three tracks mixed by Butch Vig or something like that. And yeah. then um, having a, a proper master house master it for us. So we've not, work through the details yet, but Rai Rai and I, and I, we still need to talk to Jeff and, and Derek about this. And we, by the way, the three of us have had a Patreon conversation, Rai Rai. Okay, good. Um, good. And they're, they're open to it. They were just like, well, don't we have to, don't we need a presence first? And so I, I would answer yes, but we do have a web presence now. Also, we also, we have kind of a baked in set of people who would support us because, they are fans of Lemonade. so And I'm so grateful to all those people that continually keep the lit, Leader Dog's name out there. Like, keep reminding Lit up, you know, yeah. Lit up, reminding people that the project happened and and they're enthusiastic about it. I'm so appreciative of all those people. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, we would do this for the love of music yep. anyway yep. because it's just, again, just like we did in 95. Mm-hmm. But when you see a comment like that and you see somebody say this – 
this is how I was able to get through this year or this situation. It just adds fuel to, to our fire. Yeah. So I agree with you, Rye, right? Um, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's cool to be an artist, but it's, it's way cool to be a part of an, a community. Absolutely. So, um, I'm happy about that. So early ideas we have is things like to have two or three different tiers on Patreon. We're talking maybe like a five a month, $10 a month and a 20. And then what we have to decide, and maybe we can even get some insights from our community is like, what value can we add to those different tiers so that people feel like I'm, I'm a part mm-hmm. of this movement, yeah. which is what we want. Um, so more to come. I think maybe by the time you and I track next week, instead of finishing the story of how we met, we'll probably have some details on this. Maybe we'll have even launched something by then. I don't know. It's Memorial day weekend. So maybe we can, um, maybe that, that might be a good weekend to, to launch something, you know, throw together a video to, um, to promote it. And then, uh, um, start adding some value content because the thing is, is we have things, um, I've got, ideas, for example, going back through lemonade song by song and talking about, um, word by word, what I was thinking when I wrote those lyrics and what they mean to me today. Um, and then things like doing videos of us putting together the tracks that we're working on today as our sketches for songs that will become this album. Um, Sneak preview, right? Sneak preview, sneak preview stuff. Also just answering questions or, you know, having fans challenge us with something like, you know, uh, to tell us your best dad joke or whatever. And us responding to those things or, or even us reviewing albums that, you know, that we like or talking about the records that are influencing, um, our decisions today. It just, I mean, there's so many things that we could do as a community that would be a lot of fun. Um, so I, what I'm hoping to do, right, right. And I'll just go out on the limb right now and say, and and this is not (laughs) in 2020, this is not a very high goal, but I would love it if we could just get to 25 uh, Patreons. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, patrons. patrons That's what yeah. we call them, patrons. But if we could get 25 patrons on Patreon and have a, a, a community of 25 people who are active and like want to uh, use the forum to to communicate with each other, and um, they, I've even thought about letting them influence the title of the album because I've got about five or six ideas right now. So maybe mm-hmm. we put up, yep. put that up for have a some vote. Input. Have some input there. Absolutely. We, uh, I could throw together about 10 different, uh, campaign sticker designs and let them decide which one they love the most. And we get that one printed. Just there's all kinds of fun that we can have with this. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Build the team. Yep. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, and maybe we, maybe you can put a link to this, uh, episode in the locale, the locale of, of the, uh, the, the group, the 90s recovery group. I will do that. Um, and if they at least zone in on this last five minutes or whatever, um, it, you know, ideas are all welcome. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think we, I think within two weeks time, we're going to have a Patreon page launched and then we'll have a link to it from our regular leader dogs page. Um, and we'll probably, which of course is, which of course is leader dogs with a blind.com. Correct. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, and we will probably also, um, limit the, the, like the top tier just because again, we're not trying to, you know, make a a ton of money. What we're trying to do is do this properly with, with the right tools. Right. Um, so, uh, give the people the project they're looking for. Yeah. 
So maybe like the top tier, which we're, we're saying as 20 bucks a month, we, maybe we make that like, you know, we'll just have 25 patrons at that tier. Yeah. Um, but I would like to have 25 patrons at the $5 tier because that alone in three, four months time would help us master our record. So, um, anyway, more to come. Um, this is, this is a good point to drop off. I appreciate your time, my pal. And, uh, we will, uh, we'll spin again with the boys here sometime this week. And then, um, you and I will be back at it next uh, weekend, which is Labor Day or uh, Memorial Day Memorial weekend. Memorial Day weekend already. My goodness. The days, are, uh, the days are blurring into each other, but uh, it's nice to know there's holidays to remind us where exactly we're at in the timeline. <laughs> See, if I was running for president, my whole platform would be, let's just erase all of 2020 and just say it didn't exist. That t- Everybody take the rest of the year off and then let's come back at it January 1st. Exactly. Because yeah. um, it's, no, you know, there's going to be no baseball. There's going to be no into basketball or who knows if there'll be football. So, it's, and, and, and there's no movies coming out. There's no movies no, being made. No, on hold. Um, so let's just put the rest of the year on hold, come back together January one, fresh and ready to go. L- lose a little weight in December, put on some deodorant, maybe get your hair cut. And then we'll start it. Start it. We'll, we'll even call next year, 2020. We, we could just, this is oh, just better. Do over. This, this entire year is a leap year to do. So. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Right. Uh, you have a great rest of the thing that you have and we'll talk the next time. Sounds good. Later.